church boys. So, we have made it back. Are you hearing an echo? I'm hearing an echo. No one's hearing an echo, Grandpa. <laughs> not a soul. Not a okay. soul is hearing an echo. Okay, well that must just be my old ears. So uh, we apologize. I apologize. It could for be us. Ri- our fame ringing out in Australia. It's could, Scott, it might Brazil, be what that is. And Brazil, I mean, right? uh, can we just address? I want to mm-hmm. just. I want to do this gently and lightly uh-huh. because oh, I, uh, Lucas, you lost the election. How do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> and, and secondly, hold on. Before Lucas responds to this. Um, what well, we all lost the election, but before Lucas responds to this, um, all you cocky people on this show with your maps, my electoral map was the closest. Hey, we hit, to we what don't know yet if George is going to flip because I might still own this, but you're right. George, Bill, George you're going to, it's, it's you. First of all, we don't know anything yet because the great majority <laughs> of these swing states have not certified their Please. votes. Oh, here we go. Oh, it doesn't matter. They're going to be certified, and it's Wait, over. Does anybody well, going to be? There's a phrase that says, "Don't count your chickens before they hatch." And yeah, it might Lucas, very well be. It might very well be that Trump lost the election, but there are greater things. No, at stake no, here. no, no. He did lose the election, and I lost 800 Twitter followers for saying that. <laughs> I'm going to so, go on. I'm going to go on Parler and call you out for being a do fake, not do a not. fake conservative on there because get, get, you get, are get on belly. the church boys here. Laughing at Trump's loss. Get, are you going to get the law? Wait, wait, wait. And wait. posing on Parlor to try Hold to get bag of followers. Are you going to boost to boost your 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 uh, social ego? Are you going to? Are you? Uh, are you Lucas Miles right here saying that you're going to get Billy canceled from Parlor? Yes, I am going to cancel culture you from Parlor. Okay, wait. Melissa McCarthyism, whatever you say. <laughs> Um, you know, I just want to say I feel like we have all we all lost in that we're not headed in a great direction we with are not. Uh, President Kamala. Now, much I, like this show. No, I will say, <laughs> but I will say that I'm shocked. I am shocked by how many MAGA like lovers, like, and a lot of them are my friends and family, are shocked by this as though it could not. He lost by millions of votes yeah. last time in the popular vote. Right. Why are we suddenly assuming this is like and and, I, and please to be remembering that in 2016 he swore that the election was stolen from him then as well by aliens, even by aliens. even though he won he said that I actually I actually won by a couple million votes even though he had lost by 3 million votes let us so, also remember, though, that the left has also said the election was stolen for the last four yes. years. And now and we're they doing were it. lunatics then. I, they were I'm loons just, then. I'm just saying. So the lunacy, I think, do you remember? I think that Trump is allowed. I don't think we should be talking about this four years from now. But I do think he's allowed oh, my up until it. December, you know, what is it, 12th, when the Electoral College comes together to be able to present his case. Um, that's that I understand, but that's not what he's doing. He's yes. That's what's happening legally on Twitter. What is happening is it's Karen Trump. I mean, it is literally election stolen. So true. Thanks, Jody. I don't know who he's talking about here. Uh, let me find. Hold on, I gotta find some of the. So what are you doing? I lost my headphones from it because I waved my arms around. Um, Billy was talking about how amazing I was, how he saw the error of his ways, uh, and that uh, he's actually. But you, you listen. Voter for four fraud years. in Detroit is rampant and has been for many years! Exclamation point. 
stolen elections. I mean, basically, he's saying the election was completely stolen. That is not the same as what you described. What you described, Lucas, I agree. He should be able to. We should recount. I don't have a problem with. Well, the right. only way that we can recount. really effectively do that is if knuckleheads like you two don't go around calling Biden the president elect. Because he's not yet. I have never called him the president elect. I'm just saying he won. <laughs> he, he won the election. I mean, I don't. I literally have had people coming at me like, oh, okay. It's please. not certified. It's not but, certified. Neither was, was it certified when Hillary conceded to Trump? This 12 hours after the, That's what's minute, certified. 12, hold on. 12 hours after the election happened, Hillary, not under the glass ceiling she had hoped to win under, came out and conceded. And everybody said that Trump and was the president elect. And it Trump wasn't certified. would have conceded. Then, then I would say that that's true. But Trump hasn't conceded, and the votes aren't certified. So we have right. two things that have to happen in order. He doesn't for this have to, to concede. He doesn't have to concede. Right. No, he doesn't have to concede. Right. But we can't call somebody the president-elect until there's either a concession or until votes are certified. So we or, shouldn't have called Trump the president-elect at all then until December of Hillary 20. conceded. But the, the concession has nothing to do with whether somebody is considered the they're president. Acknowledging, they're acknowledging the reality. Of the result. So we have a contention about the results. And so we wait and we just let the legal process play out while Giuliani's hair drips. <laughs> I I mean, I thought it looked almost like a melting candy bar running down his it face. Really, I um, like the guy, though. I'm, I'll be honest. I like him. Of course you do. I think he has destroyed his credibility i like it i've always liked he him. had I've such a him. great reputation before right. he was beloved. before trump he really did he was beloved and, he was and, beloved and i think i think lucas you could regardless of anybody's views on trump i think over the last four years or so his association with trump has not played well in the media whether it's whether it's because there's a bias in the media i don't or, know as though anybody's association with trump has played well <laughs> in the media that's also I mean, let's be honest. i mean that's that's been the whole thing yeah. is that anybody that aligns himself with him gets canceled, you know, faster than Billy's parlor account. I mean, this <laughs> is this is kind of the way this goes. So, I mean, I'm not shocked by that, but I don't think that says something about Giuliani. I just think it says something about our culture and the the constant, you know, um, you know, barrage against Trump for the last four years. Right. But the craziness, I mean, I'm talking about like another side of Giuliani has either developed or been exposed during the Trump administration, and that is the side that buys into conspiracy theories, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that he thinks that 9-11 is an inside job. That's certainly not what I think. But some of these other things, some sort of like things that develop along the QAnon line, those kinds of, those are the things that, those are going to hurt your reputation you start quoting those types of situations. Can I, can I say one thing yeah. to credit to Trump and credit to Trump? Yeah. You know, he did promise that. And this is something and this is where to Lucas's point on the media, you know, he repeatedly pledged that there would be a vaccine by yeah. he initially said before the election, but by the end of the year and there will be a vaccine. Yeah. There, there, there will be already, two. It looks two like vaccines. It. it looks, yeah. it looks like but, it. Well, in 40 million we doses, the vaccine elect is for, right is well, there. For, 40 million doses of one of them are very likely to be delivered in december so assuming, i do have to say it actually works and gets fda you know approval right i think it's going to get approved even and, if it's and, and, like i'm still sugar i'm cane. still leery on it <laughs> i'm still leery on it not because i'm anti-vax because i'm not i'm leery mm -hmm. on it because we've never had a vaccine for a coronavirus i 
I think that I, I think that it would have behooved us to have come up with a vaccine for the common cold years and years and years ago to actually put some effort behind it because what is something that kills people with AIDS? Getting sure. a cold. Well, this we might change been, everything. We should have be been fighting with you. those things all along. Wouldn't it be nice if you never had to get a cold again? Well, nice. I mean, but don't you guys feel like, and even Jake Tapper was giving credit to Trump. There were people yeah. actually this week, I will I will say, they were saying the president deserves yep. some credit Absolutely. for this, right? Right. Um, you know, I anyway, I just think that to the media bias, like, oh, he needs a miracle for this to happen, right? Like, well, he apparently got a miracle because it's very likely to happen. Yeah. And I would agree with that, that he needed a miracle for it to happen because... I right. will say the and same thing about Biden's and presidency. It doesn't have long-term negative impacts. <laughs> I cannot wait. To, can I just say, though, all my conservative friends, and you're not counted under this, Lucas, because you're a reasonable person who's kind to people, even if you disagree. I have a lot of friends who are like, the whole time Trump was president, he could have taken a dump in the middle of Fifth Ave on TV, and they would have been like, it's okay. He just couldn't find a porta potty. Like, they made an excuse for everything for right. Trump. He poops gold bricks. You, it's okay. It helps the economy. You have to show... <laughs> You have to show grace. You have to show grace and love to Trump. I'm not saying you don't, but these are the same people who flipped out over Obama, and now they're now already they're like this stolen election. These these bastards. Now you got to bleep me out. These horrible people. Not bleeping. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, wait a minute. Nine minutes. You're you're suddenly not showing grace to these people, right? But it was okay for Trump to call people horse faces. Right. Right. No, I I agree, and I think that you know under. Under normal circumstances, I think that that should be the position that we extend the same amount of grace and kindness, all that sort of stuff, and respect for our leaders. You know, is there a question among, let's say, a large percentage? I, what I heard the stat the other day, 50, 60 percent of Republicans think that the election was stolen right now. I'm sure you could have found a similar stat about, you know, Democrats during, you know, 2016. But I think that, you know, there is there is a process in court to go through, and I think it's important that we go through it. And so I'm happy to pray for Biden. As I've, as I've mentioned before, if Biden is actually becomes the president, I will become his biggest prayer supporter on the planet because I do not want to see his vice president become president. And so I'm going to pray that he, you know, uh, uh, avoids poison and avoids, you know, stroking out or whatever else is going on there. And so that so that he stays in office, because I think that uh, he's 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 probably the safest thing about the Democratic Party right now, in my opinion. Harris um, Biden administration is going to relaunch that effort. Sorry. We need to make sure oh, sorry. a Harris administration together with Joe Biden. <laughs> that's what makes you nervous, right? But like, right that, like that's what makes me nervous. And so but yeah, I do. I think if people are rightfully elected, then we should be praying for them and we should be lifting them up. If there does, you know, come out to be some sort of, uh, um, you know, election fraud, which I think it's easy to say that there's at least some election fraud, which I know we're talking about later in the show, but here we are. It's like COVID when it's like the whole episode, right? Um, but I think that, you know, the question is how much election fraud is too much? And I think any is too much. Sure. And so we have to look at that. Yeah, and I, I would agree that the, the president should feel entitled to exhaust all of his legal options, Right. I, I don't include putting out conspiracy theories and engaging in what some people have called a coup attempt here is is would is appropriate. I think that I think that listen, if you want to challenge ballots in court and take your court then take your court but haven't I think that I think that Rudy Giuliani's press conference today that was sans evidence 
sans any affidavit, sans anything other than just Rudy Giuliani's rhetoric, it's it's not um, not helpful. Let's leave it. Let's leave it there. I, I, I don't mind. That... Take it to the court. Go ahead, Billy. Take it to court. Um, That's fine. Well, I I wanted to just actually because I just took a picture of all of us with oh. me rolling my eyes at you, and I'm going to share it on social. But I I wanted to note that we actually do have polling data, so I'm going to bring it up here. Oh, no. In in 2016, 52 percent of Democrats said that Hillary Clinton's loss to Trump was quote legitimate and, and accurate. So more than half of Democrats, even though the whole Russia stuff was already starting felt that it was legitimate. Only 26% of Republicans feel that Trump's loss was legitimate in the same way. Well, and, so, so that, and what's crazy, what's crazy is that we roundly mocked for four years the Hillary people, because Hillary still couldn't admit that she'd lost <laughs> legitimately, right? I mean, she's part of that 26% or whatever, yep. or whatever, 48% that said that, that what, I don't want to forget the mm. numbers. But remember, do you remember back in 2000, when did when did Bush beat Kerry? 2004. Okay, remember? Yeah. And there was a big debate, and we mocked it roundly in conservative media. Now, you guys might not have been involved in conservative media at that time or in politics because that was ages ago. I was in ago. diapers still, but yeah, right, and I so, was in college. Yeah. Right, was so that college. was 16 years ago. Oh, 2004. Crap, 16 I, was, years uh, ago. I was married. Right. I was planting a church at that time, actually, in 2004. So it's anyway, so I was working in, I was working at Human Events at the time. And the uh, Democrats were on the, at the dais in the House making speeches about how votes were stolen through, was it Diebold or through Dominion or somebody, the, the voting machines, and that it was stolen from John Kerry in Ohio. And they were roundly and rightly mocked for this conspiracy theory that somebody had switched all these voting machines, that somebody had gotten into the software and changed the votes for, for George Bush to, to from John Kerry to George Bush in Ohio, and they had stolen Ohio, and they were roundly and rightly mocked for that. And I I hold the same thing to be true right now, when it when the roles are reversed. Well, here's the deal. Okay, we have a Karen, and and this is a hard transit. Actually, you got to start the show before we, we get into Karen start Cuomo. The show, and then we got to talk about this this start the show. Karen thing. Let me find the I'm just Karen start Cuomo. The show. I, I'm, well, start the show. I'm on a different. Just start the show. Do you see? You can't see what I'm. I'm on a different page of the soundboard, so I have You're to get You're always the on a different page, Chris. You know yeah, what? I mean, honestly. You know what? I seriously, I just kind of hear, crap's sake, where is it? All right, here we go. The worst. Professional <laughs> is the word for this. Ladies and gentlemen. Hello! From the sublime to the ridiculous, but mostly ridiculous. Billy Hollowell. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? It's not what he said, you ignorant wretch. Chris Field. Bad guy in little coat. Let me tell you why I suck. Lucas Miles. I want you to forget what you saw here today. Aw, I've interrupted happy time. The Church Boys. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I hate these guys. All right, Billy. Let's get let's let you start this off because you are directly impacted by the nonsense we're about to talk about. I mean, like so firsthand impacted. You know, yesterday I was scrolling through Twitter and suddenly I stumbled upon a Karen, and this particular Karen was familiar to me. I had I saw Karen's face and I thought I know that Karen. That's my governor. And this particular Karen was in. What I could only describe as a meltdown akin to a child who is being ripped away from Chuck E. Cheese when he was simply questioned. <laughs> I mean, basic, just questioned 
about what is going on with schools and what in, is, in New and, York State. And what is going on in schools. And then we'll play the clip because this clip is worth is worth listening to perhaps a couple times. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it's a gift that keeps on giving. So, so Karen Cuomo was being questioned again about the schools. And so what is going on with the schools? New York City public schools have closed down again because the infection rate in New York City has hit 3%. That was the threshold. And so they've closed the schools down. But there's a lot of confusion because the state is on these different did zones, say, these yellow zones. Did you say confusion? Well, then you're confused. <laughs> <Did> you- <laughs> that was Karen. All right. Um, so Karen gets visibly agitated when this reporter says parents are confused. And he the, just can you just roll what you it, have? It's only it, you can't it, do it I think it's only what 30, 40 seconds. So here we he go. just becomes more angry it's, as it goes on. It's fantastic because this, this this reporter is asking about parents. People are confused about what the policy is for these schools. So here is Karen Cuomo. So what are you talking about? How what are you talking about? You're now going to override. We did it already. That's the law. An orange zone and a red zone. Follow the facts. I'm still confused. Well, then you're confused. I'm confused. And then I'll tell you what, Jimmy. Still, parents are still confused as well. The schools no, they're not confused. Tomorrow. You're confused. No, I think but parents are law. confused as well. Read the law, and you won't be confused. Wait, so the part that you don't have, there's a longer oh, there's, clip, and I found this. I wait, this, this it doesn't stop there. Then another reporter steps in and says, in all due respect, that was a legitimate question. Parents are confused. And he's like, I think parents are confused. And Cuomo says, I don't really care what you think. Oh, I got to find that. It's even better. You got to find that part. It just it goes on and on. And then the part before that starts out calmer when the reporter's asking the question. But the, but the second reporter defends him. I mean, here's what Karen doesn't understand. Parents are confused. And you also you put parents in a situation where this happened at like 3 p.m. Right. And great. Now I'm telling my employer that I'm home remote learning my kids again tomorrow in like 14 hours because you decided to do this. Yeah. They, and I mean, I have to say, I don't, I don't like Bill de Blasio, but I will say this. And I know that a lot of people are going to push back and be mad about this. Cuomo's solution to this, from what I recall this week was to change the infection rate, but the city agreed to an infection rate and the agreement was 3%. And in light of the fact that all of this has been so chaotic. Moving the needle didn't make sense, so they chose to close the schools down and not change that rate. And I actually can respect that as long as they're going to reopen the schools quickly with a plan, right? But I understand why de Blasio was hesitant to change the... You know, I mean, think about it. New York City was hit hard. The last thing you want is another, another round of that in New York City. And so I understand what they're trying to do, but... I don't I mean I don't I just don't understand those who walk away from this and think Cuomo is doing a good job. I don't All right, I, I don't think understand. I, I think I have the longer clip. We're going to test this cuz I couldn't play it without without uh, a mic. So what just, can go wrong with that? Let's uh, try let's it. Let's see what happens. City's decision. They have an agreement of 3%. Today you said, "Well, I might have to impose an orange zone and I might have to close the schools, which an orange zone does." So what's going on? Does the city still have the ability to close its schools? Are you now taking control and saying that you have the power to make this decision? And for the millions of parents who want to know, are the schools going to open tomorrow in New York City? All right. First of all, let's try not to be obnoxious and offensive <laughs> in your tone. Because you're 100% wrong. If you were paying attention, you would have known we closed the schools in New York City two weeks Talks ago. Talks to him like an idiot. Wait. Remember when we did an orange zone and a red zone? 
in Brooklyn and Queens? It's like an old and lady. And we close the schools? Don't you remember that? Okay, so don't you, so what are you talking about? How, what are you talking about? You're now going to override. <laughs> we did it already. That's the law, an orange zone and a red zone. Follow the facts. Well, then you're confused. I'm confused. And then I I'll tell you what, Jimmy. Still, parents are still confused as well. The schools no, they're not confused. Tomorrow. You're confused. No, I think parents Read the are law. very confused as well. Read the law, and you won't be confused. But, Governor, follow up to this question. Are the schools going to be open tomorrow? The schools are open by state law. But will they be open tomorrow? That's the question. I think Jimmy's correct in, in asking that question. I don't think it's obnoxious at all. Well, I don't really care what you think. <laughs> <laughs> it's insanity. It I mean, what, was there no one there to be like Karen? That Karen. was like a De Niro character or like a Pacino. Yeah, it was. Like, sort it was. Of, I mean, it was, that, yeah. was, uh, that was crazy. There was no manager to be had. I will tell you that much. Karen could not summons a manager in that. In that by the way, by the way, as we're recording this, Georgia just awarded its 16 electoral votes to Biden officially. Did they really? Yeah, there yep. you go. It'd be over, Lucas. Well. It also means that my map is second place. <laughs> and I think I had 309, and I think it's going to be 306. I, I, think so th three I, think, I thought you had 307. I think you're oh, only so up, I'm only you're one off. One. Wow. I'm I think even you better gave, than I thought. I think you gave two from Nebraska to... Yes, that was my mistake. Right. Nebraska the, always the, gets you. The only mistake you made was you gave one too many away from Nebraska. I'm like Mr. Cleo. I even had Pennsylvania down. This is some good see, stuff. I, see, I had Pennsylvania. I just missed Georgia because I think that just about everybody except Billy the Savant missed Georgia. Well, I I told you what I thought, and I was correct. So anyway, Karen Cuomo was my favorite moment of the week. Um, and the, I don't really care what you think. I mean, can you imagine <laughs> like what that room was thinking? <laughs> That's so great. We've got a few good clips here. I have to. So what are you talking about? <laughs> How, what are you talking about? Follow the facts. Well, then you're confused. You're confused. I love that. That's so much fun. And you follow it with this. Follow it with this. Gross. You're confused. Um, you're confused. I can't. All right. So, all right. We, we have dealt with Karen Cuomo yes. now. So tell us about how the city is dealing with the policy that Karen Cuomo was talking about. Because I think that's worth discussing. I think that right now everyone's trying to figure out, you know, like today was sort of like survival mode. You've got to transition to online learning. You've got to, you know, for the parents, they got to figure out what they're doing. Um, and but did he ever teachers... answer? Did he ever answer the question about whether schools were going to be closed tomorrow, as in today, a Thursday? No, he said they were going to be open. It sounded well, he like. said that they, they were are closed. open. He said they are open. They were not open. Right. He, he said they are open according to the law. But he said and they were I think what he meant by right. that is when the law says it's okay for them to open, they will open. Well, and that's see, I think, and so De Blasio was th over three hours late to his press conference while this was going on, probably because they were scrambling. What's really interesting is the teachers' unions, and I want to be careful here, but the teachers' unions have actually been really silent during this. Yeah. A lot of people were blaming the union. The unions haven't even didn't even say anything about this while it was going on. This was right. the this was De Blasio's decision um and cuomo's decision essentially so is, is any like i mean are people on the left in the democratic party in new york are people watching these things and going bravo you're doing such a great job like does anybody think that i don't yeah. think so do you think there people, are people talking people, about good job other than, not de Blasio. Other than i think other people than like teacher I, union bosses 
I think people like Cuomo. I, it's a mix. It's a really mixed bag. People either love him or hate him. Cuomo as far and as... De Blasio hate each other, so there's certainly yeah. no way that they're praising each other on this. Cuomo no. is equally as divisive, I feel like, as Trump is. I agree. In terms of the media, especially, he just abused the media. And is anybody talking about it? Right. Yeah, Cuomo. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's yeah, remarkable. It's, it's, it's yeah. But Cuomo's more of a of a bully, like a like like the stereotypical bully. Trump is a bully as well. He can be a bully, but there's. It's one. He's one of those bullies. Like, okay, he's a bully, but nobody really takes him seriously. It's like Cuomo's he's like the Augustus like, Gloop. He's like the <laughs> Augustus Gloop of not because of how he though. Just be. It's like he's fiddling around with things he shouldn't be. He ends up drowning himself in the chocolate, <laughs> the chocolate fountain river. and then ends up surviving it, going up the. It's just you know. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I just. He's the Augustus, and I feel like. Cuomo's more Cuomo of the would Baruca. like cut you in an alley. He's oh, more yeah. the Baruca Salto. Like yeah. he's, you know, right. Um, but he's, but I he's, but he's Don Cuomo. I mean, that's who he is. That's that's how he operates. And there's a reason that Chris is free. Forget now. about it. <laughs> My wife is texting me. She could hear us talking about this, and she's talking about something. Yeah. <laughs> so your wife was Cuomo. home today, right? Your wife was home from, uh, from teaching yes. today. Yes, she she taught she taught from home. It was supposed to be her first day back um, yes. in person. Yeah. So. Billy touched his neck when you said that, which is a sign of stress when he answered that. So. No, I had this. Um, <laughs> you know what's funny though? Hmm. Our house. Well, our kids are still in school, so our kids have not. Le- they're still in right, school. But... To be clear to the listeners, your your wife teaches in a in the city, and your your daughters. Yeah. You guys yes. don't live directly in the city. Your wife teaches no. there. Right, but our the town next to us is in the yellow zone. They just announced so, oh, um, and right. the yellow zone requires that schools test. And right? so the zones so, are a statewide thing. I thought that was just a uh, like the five boroughs thing. That's a statewide. No, thing. it's it's a statewide thing. That's why there's confusion because there are places that you know. So the town next to us, some of those kids in that town go to our school district. Mm-hmm. So even though they're in, so they're in the yellow zone town, but the rest of us aren't. So is the school testing those kids? Uh-huh. Are they not? Is it only the twenty kids who live in that town? <laughs> right. Um, anyway, it's a mess. Right. Um, it's, it's, well, it's a nightmare. So I, I, I hate to do a sudden subject change, but so on the last, the last show we had, um, monster number two come in and he talked to you guys. He had prepared something last week, but then we didn't record because I'm a failure. <laughs> it was his birthday and I forgot. You forgot your child's birthday. Well, I didn't forget his birthday. I knew it was his birthday. I also knew we needed to record, and both things were scheduled. And so I didn't, and didn't until shortly before we were supposed to record, click with me like, oh, those things are happening simultaneously. Anyway, <laughs> Lucas, my son wanted me to show you this because um, <laughs> he had created this for, for last week's show because he had you in his mind. He created a, a uh, my, my son's a big Lego fan. He loves Legos. I, I mean, like, wait. he's nuts about it. It's almost to the point of concerning. And uh, so he created a Lego Lucas. So if you can. <laughs> That's good. Isn't that nice? He found that he. That's went, really good. Dug up one of the hair and then some a hipster jacket. Right. Why didn't I get one? You need to. He, doesn't, he didn't have any Legos big enough. I was going to say he didn't have any big round balloon <laughs> Legos. I hate you. They're too, they're too square and chiseled so, for your physique. So this is what you, you know. What? This is what you I look can't. like bald, by the way. So in a few years, that's going to be you. I might, you were... uh, might do that. Yeah, you have to take a, a picture of that and send I'll it to me. Take a picture and send it to you. Yeah, I'll, I'll post, guys, I'll post it on social. There you go. Do you guys know about the the Andrew Cuomo window clings that they're selling? 
No. So there, there are these window clings that make it look like he's peeking through your window in your house. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm, buy, I'm so, going to buy one and put okay, one up. Okay, so the other thing I had to do along the lines of that, what we discussed, was that I, the monster number three was feeling very left out. Uh, <laughs> so she asked, the next time that you guys record, can I come in? So she was taping a special across the hall and decided she would stop by. <laughs> Lucy, this is, this is Billy and this is Lucas. Can you see them? How's it going? Can you hear them? Hi. Hear them? Talk to them. Hi. Can you hear us now? Hi. Hi. So that's what say, are you up to? Hi, Mr. Billy. Hi, Mr. Billy. Hi, Mr. Lucas. Hi, Hi Mr. Lucas. Hello. <laughs> so she really wanted to come say hello. Did you, was there something you wanted to tell them? What do you want to tell them? Hi, Princess Billy. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I love that nickname. It's very so, fitting. It really fits me very well. Okay. We need your kids on the show all the time. They make me stuff and they insult Billy. It's and amazing. they're more. They are more intelligent than. Oh, they're 100 percent of the people I'm on sure this show. Adopted. They look a lot like the milkman. So, um, so, but my my daughter though. So Lucy, all in the, all, just not just Lucy. What's wrong with that headphone? Not just not just Lucy. Uh, all of my children refer refer to Billy as Princess Billy, all the time. That's the I only name they have for it. So when are you? When, so are you, were you talking to Princess Billy? I mean. It's like, <laughs> Because when because our morning our morning calls that Billy and I have. <laughs> talking to princess, you know we you know, really should record our telephone calls. You Billy. guys have ruined you guys have ruined me. You really yeah. have, and your kids, you know, they've been biased against me, um, much so, like the you know media has been against Trump. Okay, so speaking of bias against Billy, I have here uh, a printout of a piece piece that was on Bathios. Uh, was it when did it post yesterday? What's today? <laughs> it, posted, it posted earlier this week. It says, "Oh, the 16th." So they think this is Monday. So Billy, as everyone knows, has written a book called have I? "Hellfire and Brimstone." What's it called? I have it. It's called on. "Playing with Fire." It's, How do you oh, not know this? Because well, I don't see it all the time. Normally, I have books on my desk, but it's the one leveling out my table right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Idiot. so this person from Pathios named Captain Cassidy, wrote a very, I thought, insane... Is that a male or female? Do we know? Cassidy. Um, it's got to be a chick, right? Captain Cassidy? I don't know, but let's just say that she is not a fan. Not, I'm not a, but, a, but a, If it's a girl, it's a, it's a it's pretty a, cool name. If it's it a is. guy, I'm not so sure about but him. I like, I, I like how Captain Cassidy writes. It's entertaining. I do, too. Might She's not got be, good vocabulary. It, it, might not be, it might not be feel good, but it's... So anyway, so... <laughs> I found it impressive. Captain we need some Cassidy. more reasons for Edify to cancel us. So why don't you read us some favorite parts that you so have? Captain there, so Captain Cassidy uh, takes issue with Billy's take on the Ouija board because apparently Billy did a piece for the Christian Post about we about Ouija boards, as we discussed a few shows ago. It was so, a great piece, by the way. It, well, thank you. And this person no, 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 did not agree. No, he's but. not talking about your piece, Billy. He's talking about <laughs> Captain Cassidy's oh. piece right here. So Captain Cassidy <laughs> begins. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I just pulled out selected excerpts that I thought were, well, frankly, wonderful. We, so this gonna, is a new segment we call Story Time. So uh, let us be. You know, I should have. If I'd have been thinking, Lucas, I'd have come up with some sort of bed to read time. this there over. Will be, there will be more. Of these. Sure, there will. Sure. Captain I'm, Cassidy. I think we back. need to look into getting Captain Cassidy on the show. 
I was I was once the weekly Captain Toxicon back in the day. You they had like a person that they picked every week to be the most toxic person <laughs> doing commentary at the time, and I was the weekly Toxicon. So don't worry, you'll have more material. Okay, All right, cool. yeah, do do read it because we have a guest coming. Oh, that's so. right. So we have. It's creepy and it's kooky, mysterious and spooky. It's altogether ooky, the Ouija board type fest. Hi, and welcome back. I could laugh over a recent opinion post on Christianity Today by a Christian who sees demons around every bush. So that, that's where it starts. And that's the entire premise of Billy's book. It's demons oh, yeah. behind every bush. Okay, indeed. I love it. You get right to it. And call you out by name. It's fantastic. There's no... There's no hemming and hawing and all this. It was Indeed, Billy Hollowell has clearly figured out just how gullible evangelicals really are and plans to milk that gravy train till the bitter end. Today, Lord Snowbride sides over yet another huckster creating and then coincidentally filling an artificial need in evangelicalism by invoking an artificial panic over Ouija boards, of all things. I'm going to skip to another section here. Since his earliest career, this is great. Oh, I love this. This is my favorite line. Since his earliest career, he's worked for tons of right-wing hype factories and propaganda mills, learning the art of scaring fundies for fun and profit. Now the student has hopes of becoming the master. His entire output could be summarized thusly. (laughs) Anytime, Anytime you see his name. <clears throat> Get ready for the same kind of runaway train. <laughs> runaway train. <laughs> At least we agree on something. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, all right. Um, okay, anytime. Anytime. Okay, this is so unprofessional. You'd think I'd practice reading this aloud. <laughs> Anytime you see his name, get ready for the same kind <clears throat> of runaway train nonstop bullpucky that you expect for good reason, for the same reasons, out of David Barton. Halliwell's <laughs> latest manufactured boogeyman is Ouija boards. Let me skip down to another section I found particularly insightful. Billy Hallowell's, and it's always Billy Hallowell. It's I the know, whole, it's, they must be trying to rank or something you know, in Google. I, Billy, there's nobody searching, dude. Billy you Hallowell. are like one of the third uh, Christian celebrities listed, you know. <laughs> that Billy, is true. Billy Hallowell's <laughs> latest written insomnia cure. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Hallowell's latest written insomnia cure involves the Ouija oh, board. Right. He titled his recent piece for the Christian Post, The Fascinating and Troubling History Behind the Ouija Board. Ooh, scary. Uh-oh. However, the Ouija board is neither fascinating nor troubling at all. For those who've never heard of it, the Ouija board functions a form of divi- divi- functions a form of divination. The toy mega corporation Hasbro sells it to gullible people along with their better known products like Transformers and My Little Pony figurines. Now here we go. Get ready with your popcorn. This guy's off the chain. Uh, although his We need that as a promo for the church boards, by the way. (laughs) Hallowell hints constantly at there being some demonic component to these boards, but he never really wants to come out and say anything for sure. Here's one example of what I mean. This is a quote from Billy. There are countless stories of people claiming unexplainable phenomena after playing the game. These claims, which are understandably met with skepticism, seem to challenge the common framing of the board as a mere parlor game. That's Billy's quote. And this is back to Captain Cassidy, the genius. He follows this. <clears throat> he follows this ass <laughs> not statement. I better write that down. What's the time? <laughs> 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 
You know, our guest is going to arrive soon, and this abuse must end. Oh, yeah. Follow us. Our guest is arriving now. Non statement with quotes from someone named Dr. Michael Brown about how scary and dangerous Ouija boards might be. <laughs> of course, Hallow will never fully in- identify as this bloke or provides his qualifications for making the statement for what I'm sure is very good reason. It's beyond hilarious to me to see how hard he struggles to scare the pants off fundagelicals, which I thought was a great term. Fundagelicals. I did too. Fundagelicals. Without coming right out and telling them demons totally lurk in Hasbro games. Plausible deniability. Thy name is money grubbing fundagelical. Okay, and this is. Okay, and I here don't comes, understand I, and, how this person had this much energy to write on this topic. It was impressive. Okay, this is but my, it's all based on a portion I, of the Ouija board chapter, which is much longer in the book that they're criticizing <laughs> that they have not read. Okay, so this is my favorite part because of uh, this is my last excerpt, and this is my favorite part because of one word this person uses. Still, remember that in broken systems, wingnut beliefs never really die. They just are forgotten and wingnuts leap across to the next false belief that titillates them and makes them feel like super powerful mini Jesuses and yet strangely persecuted underdogs. Okay, and here it comes. Part of me thinks this numbnuts Billy Hallowell is part of that <laughs> segment of hard right Christians trying hard to resurrect the satanic panic. It's so quaint, really. The fact that someone called you numbnuts. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. Let's be honest. I just, I mean, I'm impressed that they devoted this much time to helping me promote the book, but I'm confused. Anyway, I love that now we have to transition into something that's actually serious. serious. So thank you guys for ruining life. Um, (laughs) I hate you both, um, A. And B, I am, I'm actually excited. We're going to be bringing on, (laughs) rough transition, um, Dr. Jeff Myers, president of Summit Ministries here in just one second. And I'm excited to talk with him. We're actually going to dive back into election and truth and culture. Um, So with no further ado, how you doing, Dr. Myers? I'm good. I just just had a great kind of belly laugh, even though I have no idea what we're talking about. (laughs) Well, we Go ahead, Lucas. It was a uh, it was a scathing review of Billy, who is at least in my top left there with the uh, the hat. On. Well, I guess they both have hats on. The black sweatshirt on. The ugly. Uh, the his, the one his, that looks like a beach whale is what Lucas is yes, trying to. It, that, of his new book. So. Thank you, well, and thank you for uh, this. Welcome to the show, by the First way. First of all, you're going to have to listen to. Oh man, that. whoever lassoed you in to this this show? Well, we know, know who, who that we was. Know who it they was. shouldn't get a Christmas present this year. Ooh, let's be honest. Okay. Well, okay. everybody uh, knows who it was, and he should be called out and publicly shamed. By the way. <laughs> Um, but yes, they were reading an article that somebody wrote about the, a book that I book one that of the I most out. insightful articles about Billy that are, <laughs> uh, articles about Billy so ever written. So is that the worst name you've ever been called in a in a public news article? He's no. been called worse than that on this show. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I thought I found it very entertaining, very very entertaining. I did. Well, um, on a serious note, though, we had you on to talk about serious things, and we prefaced you coming on by reading. Which I did not know they were going to do a live reading of that article, but I'm glad I'm glad they did. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on the show. You you've been writing on a lot of interesting topics of late, the election, um, and I read your piece in the stream that you put together on that. So I'm I guess I'm I'm curious and fascinated to know where you are right now on all the election stuff, especially when it comes to our responsibility, our role as as Christians. Yeah, let me just give you a little bit of a background. I, I started after the election was over. I was thinking, you know, people work so hard to get Christians to finally just vote, you know, to go above one out of every four Christians voting. 
And I finally got them out to vote. But then I would see on Facebook things like, well, I voted and now God's in control. And I thought that is bad citizenship and it's bad theology. And I got in trouble for saying both of those things. So that's when I decided to write that article in the stream and just go ahead and reemphasize it. But I, you know, the way I put it was, and, and we can talk about why this is, I actually think that tracking down election fraud is a justice issue. And it's not even a new belief. I, I actually took a class in college <laughs> called political corruption. It was not a how-to class. It was a, <laughs> all about for aspiring political science students. And it was unbelievable. All of the evidence that had been collected at that time, reams of data, lectures, all these different things that we had heard. And I realized there are a lot of places in this country where there is no sense that people can have that their vote has been counted and that they've been treated justly as a citizen. And I just can't believe that Christians would say, well, I voted, you know, goodbye. I'll see you in two years, first Tuesday of November. Mm. It kind of bugged me. So that's why we're. So do you think, do you think that most people do that because is it because they're lazier? They just not know, like, I, th I think that the average person to me is like, I, including the average Christian, it doesn't make it right or wrong or excuse it, but I, there's a difference between reasons and excuses. And I think maybe there's a reason that people are like that. And that it's like, what else am I supposed to do? And they haven't bothered to ask the question now, is that intellectual laziness on their part? Perhaps. Is it a, I've never been trained to think otherwise. I mean, possibly. Um, and, and it may be bad theology. It doesn't make them bad Christians, I would suppose, but it does. It, 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 it's something that should raise a question for them, the, the whole election fraud thing. And 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 would you say, and I, I'm assuming that you would, but I don't want to put words in your mouth, it doesn't matter who, it matters who won, but the idea of fighting election fraud is disconnected from the idea of who won. Does that make sense? I, that's, that's how I've been putting it. Of course, everybody who reads the article assumes that I have a dog in this fight. And I, I don't really, I, what I want, I want several things to happen. First, I want Christians to realize that your vote does not get you across the finish line as a citizen. Your vote gets you to the starting line. So, mm. and of course, you're exactly right. People meet that with blank stares and say, well, then what am I supposed to do? And there are a number of things that, that everybody ought to do. Just call up your elected officials and say, hey, I'm one of these people that you read about in the news, crazy Christians, uh, but I'm a real person and I have real beliefs and I, I, I pray for you and I want you to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be cheering for you to speak the truth and to stand against lies. And by the way, I really would like to get together and find out what we have done in our community to make sure a election fraud like this hasn't happened here or that if it has happened, that we figured out how to, to stop it. Those are pretty straightforward. So yeah. let me um, let me say a couple of things. First of all, I'm, I'm glad you're on the show. I I really I've enjoyed uh, a couple of your articles that I've read, um, and you know share a similar passion. One for um, you know this this uh, you know kind of shedding light on the idea that this theology of God is in control, this extreme sovereignty that exists so much in American Christianity, is really detrimental to our faith, and it really discounts personal responsibility across the board. I wrote a book a couple of years ago on that subject. So that's a, that's a major passion for me. Um, so you've got some nasty grams too then, I'm yeah, sure. Yes. And actually that's how Billy and I met was uh, he had interviewed me about this book called Good God. And so <laughs> I sent him a nasty. He was the one that wrote it. Right. And, <laughs> and I, I mean, I can tell you, like, I, I know firsthand the moment you say, you know, the moment you start challenging the belief God is in control, Christianity in America comes after you. And I had, I mean, I was disinvited from certain events I had people say, you can't say that, you can't teach that here. 
And, you know, that that phrase never appears in scripture like that. It would never see it like that. And so, but this is, and, and it doesn't appear in church history either. And so that's something I, you know, um, am quick to point out, but people dismiss, you know, it takes about 1500 years before you hear anybody say something like that. It doesn't so, help that you're a communist though, too. You should disclose that. <laughs> well, I was going to say the second thing here is I also, and I appreciated what you said in your, in your article, I think it was on the stream about this, is that um, I really believe that socialism and its rise within the church is a very detrimental thing. And we have so many young people who are being, you know, really just misled by that. And I think it's creating this perfect recipe. So to, for me, it does matter who's in the White House. I think we would all agree on that at yeah. some level. Um, but, uh, you know, this idea of voter fraud, if, if Biden won uh, based upon a fair election, then I'll be the first person as a citizen of this country to pray for the president. Now, I don't want to see I'll still do the things that I'm able to as a citizen to ensure that socialism doesn't move forward, you know, in this nation. But yeah. I can respect the office. And I think that's something that we need to model. But, you know, what's your what's your thoughts right now on like where we currently stand? I mean, we just read that Georgia just got called. Um, you know, I'm I'm the Trump guy on this show. So these guys give me some some flack about that. So I'll come out and, you know, bring that to you. But. Um, you know, where do we stand right now? And and would you also answer the question, don't you think that someone should write a book about <laughs> I don't think we can say that. Yet. Oh, we have to bleep that out. Yeah. Do oh, we really? Yeah. Now I've got yeah. more work to do. Millennials are five times as likely as their old as older generations in the church to embrace Marxist ideas. Mm. And they really don't know what they're embracing. If they were to actually study Karl Marx, and you don't even have to really study him, you just have to read the Communist Manifesto. It's very simple. Yep know exactly what he's up to. He's trying to abolish the economic structure, trying to abolish the government, trying to abolish the church and trying to abolish the family and then rebuild society from that perspective. The only way to be a Marxist is to start off being a materialist, to believe that only the material world exists. And it's the most discredited idea in economics and how it continues to creep back around is amazing to me. It almost never creeps back around, by the way, in economics or in business. Those departments completely reject it. It's sort of the philosophers. It's the sociologists and the English literature people, of all people, who think it's brilliant and we ought to, you know, have a revolution and, you know, then we all get to write new new versions of Charles Dickens' Tale of Two Cities or whatever. Right, because the copyright's right, so, so what's the, copyright, the question? I'm sorry. Elimin 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 eliminate eliminate hey, copyright. And... We can do this all night. <laughs> okay, so so true confession. I just came back from our uh, Summit Ministries has, has programs for students train them in a biblical worldview, help them become good leaders, stand for truth. And they go, they go pretty in depth. It just came back this afternoon from a 15 hour crash course that I did for college students in Pagosa Springs, Colorado. So I was literally in the mountains all day and have not heard any news. Ah. So they just called Georgia. So about third, 40 well, minutes ago, 45 right? minutes ago or so they, they called, uh, they certified Georgia um so that's kind of the newest thing i mean there's uh, giuliani had a press conference earlier that got a lot of attention okay. uh, and trump supporters you know just really you know thought it was amazing and it's been criticized you know um you know we talked about earlier on the show you know chris had mentioned that didn't feel like there was a lot of evidence that was given for voter fraud you know in this press conference and so you know do you believe that that um you know, is there is there evidence in your mind or what you're you're seeing of voter fraud on a national level, like something in this election? Should we be concerned about that? Uh, I do think we should be concerned. I, I just I, it's hard for me to imagine that there would be people out there saying nothing has happened. 
because all the people I know who say nothing has happened are the kind of people who are trying to convince me that their candidate ought to win and you know the other candidate ought to lose. So because they're so invested in it, and I, and I can tell you, I'll give you an example. Um, five days before the election, a study came out and 70% of Democrats said they were concerned there would be election fraud. Five days after the election, another study came out and said, now only 10% of Democrats think there is the likelihood of election fraud. Okay, so they're clearly just saying my guy won and so I don't, you know, I'm going to just turn around and begin denying what I, the, the narrative that I was trying to set up ahead of time, thinking that it might go the other way. So I do think that's a problem. But guys, here's where I'm coming from on this. Right now, the level of trust, distrust, the level of trust in American government, according to the Pew Foundation, is 20%. 20% of Americans say they believe the federal government will do what's right. 80% say it won't. And that has to be bipartisan because there aren't that many Republicans or that many Democrats in the country. And my question is, what kind of a what kind of a functioning system can you have when the level of distrust is that high? Right. And then yeah. people come on the media and say, there's nothing to see here. If you think there is, you're an idiot. And I just start thinking, did that person make it past day three in Psych 101? They think that's gonna. They think people are gonna find that persuasive, or is it gonna cause them to dig in their heels? Right. So, so our, our level of dialogue is so bad. I just don't even. I'm not even sure where to to go with. Well, and the level of distrust for the media is is probably about the same as the level of distrust for the for for Congress for the government. So yeah, and that hasn't <laughs> and changed. It's been for a long time. It's just yeah. gotten, it's gotten worse. I mean, at the end at the end of the day. You know, you you wonder what is the solution to this, right? Because one having one system, like let's say we created a national system that was more streamlined for voting, that's easier to hack. At the same time, it seems like the fifty different systems and rules and regulations are not the fact that that thousands of votes, you know, could be missed. I don't, I'm not talking about you know the election intentionally being stolen or anything, like that, but the fact that we would overlook thousands of votes is in itself a reason to be trying to reform elections in some way. It seems like maybe I'm crazy. Well, I think was it in 2000 that Bush and Bush v. Gore didn't Bush win Florida by I think 572 votes or something like that when they yeah. they finally decided we're done counting something like that. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was like even 24, yeah. 564 yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's <laughs> such a ridiculously low number. I don't think you're going to find anybody in the country who doesn't think that there have been hundreds, if not thousands, of votes that either were illegally counted or they were legally cast and they were not legally counted or whatever. Um, what does it hurt? What does it hurt for us to have some kind of, you know, I don't know, bipartisan national commission? The right picks five people they think are great, and left picks five people they think are great. We do this all the time in American history when we're trying to restore trust in something. And they all examine it and they uh, they issue indictments where they are needed and they shame different cities and municipalities that have put up with political corruption for a long time. They applaud states that seem to be doing it well. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, it's a good point. If you had a national system, then it only takes one person to manipulate it, right? Whereas if you have all of these county systems, it, it could be more chaotic, but it's a lot less... Uh, likely that there will be one evil person who will try to get in charge of it and right. manipulate it. So. 
let me let me ask you about President Kamala, which is what it looks very likely that President Kamala and President Biden are on their way. And when they come, what concerns you most when it comes to this issue of socialism? I do. I do think that Kamala Harris is a committed socialist. I, I do think that uh, that's not just an accusation that I'm making. I'm just looking at her as a voting member of of the Senate. And I think what concerns me is that a lot of people think that you can do things like cancel student debt and that that's free. Okay, so why wouldn't we do that? Um, mm. my, my belief, and I, I know, and I teach all of our students this too, so I know there are 40,000 kids out there who have at least heard this I teach them that government only has one power and is the power of coercion. If you think about it, the government can't ever exercise kindness. If I give you, if, if I'm in the government and I give you a thousand dollars, I have to take it away from somebody else. And that's coercive. So the only way for me to show kindness is to be coercive. So the government can only be coercive. The only purpose of the federal government as our founders saw it was to protect the states. This is the United States of America, not the United people of America and also to facilitate if there were conflicts between the states to make sure they could all work together to help all of their citizens prosper. I just don't think that Kamala Harris has anywhere near that kind of a vision for the way the world is. And I believe that it'll reflect in all the policies she's able to pass. How would you, how would you differentiate her view or her, the, you know, the, the idea that she's a committed socialist and she may well be, it sure seems like based on the policy position she has taken, how would you differentiate her stance and on positions from Joe Biden's or uh, any the average uh, Democratic legislator in in Congress? I don't. I mean, we can say she's a committed yeah. socialist, but she sure sounds a lot like the more um, uh, I don't want to say mainstream, but the more the, the the more typical Democrat that you're hearing now in the media. And I'll, I'm let me I'm, ask the question. I've been working. I've been working. I've been working in government for. I worked in gov the, on the Capitol Hill for years and in conservative media for years. Yeah. And my job has been to watch these people, and I've seen wow. them all moving. All of them, as a whole, move towards socialism, and, yeah, and including the, the Republican Party too. I mean, there's some. There's some of that you know, with some yeah. socialist tendencies, I should say. Uh, yeah. Uh, on on all parties. So how do you differ? I mean, we can go out and say Kamala Harris, President Kamala, is a is a committed socialist. How is she different from her boss? It just seems like name calling and to, to do it to do that. Uh, I don't know exactly what Joe Biden believes. I really never have. The first time I ever heard of Joe Biden is when he was cross examining Clarence Thomas. Yeah. And Clarence Thomas was preparing to become Supreme Court justice. You ever did you ever see a video oh, of yeah. it? Or pay attention. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He said, Judge, <laughs> you know, and I know that <laughs> natural law is what you believe. And I thought this guy's creepy. He's like the Joker. Um, but at the time I, I thought, I, I thought I'm going to look into what he actually believes. And at the time he was pretty pro business. Mm -hmm. He helped get a lot of banking laws passed in the state of Delaware to make sure that Delaware could become a strong financial center. He was pro life at that time. I, I just don't know what of those convictions he has, maintained right. he's continues I, to be wrong on every foreign policy question that is, as he was the last 40 years i mean he's he's wrong on all of that that stuff i think that i think that i i it just struck me as you were talking that i think that the difference between uh 
Kamala Harris and the rest of the Democratic, at least leadership, let's say leadership, is that at least Joe Biden is comes across as pro-America, right? I mean, don't you think that's that's yeah. fair? I I don't get that same impression from her. I do believe that I do believe that Joe Biden believes in American exceptionalism. I really do. I think that he's I think he's wrong on almost everything, but I do believe he he holds that to be true. I, I would I mean we've talked about this before on the show. I think that that Hillary holds to that more than than Kamala does. Oh yeah. Oh I think so too. I I think you know I was a college professor for 14 years. That was my day job. And I, I spent a lot of time in graduate school. I had 72 different professors. Almost all of them were far left. So, you know, I spent a lot of time in that world. And Kamala Harris is, a, is, is exhibit A of what happens when you believe what your professors say and then you run for office. <laughs> and and it's um, and when I, see, I use the term socialism, I'm not using it as a an epithet. Right. Socialist is a person who believes that private property, the, they believe in the abolition or the absence of private property. So you don't own that or you, you, you know, you can't, you, you can't claim that you have any rights as a business person. Uh, keep in mind, our founder's idea was that the, the whole purpose of the constitution and the preamble is to secure the rights of life, liberty, and property to all of the citizens. Kamala Harris's approach and the approach of everybody who was one of her professors, I could go trace it back for you is that the government possesses all rights on behalf of the people and distributes them as it sees fit. It is a completely different understanding of the world and a completely different understanding of the Constitution. Well, I mean, let me ask you this. So how are Christians, you know, you talk, you talked in one of your pieces about, about loving others, right? And what that really means and that that means pursuing justice too. It's not just waving to people and, and, right. you know, um, so in light of that, how are Christians, in light of everything we're talking about with socialism, where we are right now, how are we to move forward and love others in the midst of the anger? I mean, there's a lot of people, even in the church right now, who are overtaken with anger. People like Lucas, for instance, very vicious, vicious oh, people. Nasty, um, nasty who, woman. <laughs> Lucas is like one of the nicest guys. Uh, but who are overtaken with anger, don't know what to do about this, and they're struggling with what it means to find the balance between loving others and standing up for what they believe to be true. Yeah several things you got to do just as a base baseline you need to understand your worldview you need to understand the times in which you live so that you can know what our nation ought to do we all in our ministry we take people back to first chronicles 12 32 that's that idea of understanding the times second thing though is to recognize that when you are when you're involved in a public policy discussion of some kind people usually see it as one dimensional over here you have avoider and over here you have aggressor you just go back and forth the avoider says, hey, it's not worth fighting about. Who am I to say? You know, I don't want to make any judgments. You have your beliefs. You have your truth. I have my truth. Why don't we just agree to disagree? All that kind of thing. Then over here, you have the aggressor person who is like, you know, rap battle, boom, just drop, mic drop, always looking for that. Watch, you know, watch Charlie Kirk own so-and-so in five seconds or whatever. <laughs> and, and you... It, and, and by the way, Charlie personally is not like that. And that's what's so crazy. Right. But you have this avoider aggressor kind of thing. So what we do at Summit is we say, don't make it one dimensional, make it two dimensional. Imagine that at the top of the triangle, you have the word advocate. You're an advocate for two things. You are an advocate for the truth and you are an advocate for the other person. 
In other words, the goal of discourse is not to bash heads. The goal is to turn side by side and seek some kind of a truth together. So one of my buddies, who's he's in the legal field and he's constantly in the middle of these kinds of conflicts. His favorite statement is, could we have coffee and talk about it? Could we have coffee and talk about it? Let's take it offline. I'm not going to do it on Facebook. Can we have coffee and talk about it? And it's amazing how, how powerful it is when you just ask somebody for something like that, how it, how it changes the nature of the rhetoric. Then when you have coffee, you can ask questions like, I'm really curious where you're, where, how you developed your views. I'm really curious, you know, when you said, hey, you're a racist, um, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly how you think I'm going to take that, but why would, why would you say it that way? <laughs> you know, not, you not well. By, <laughs> what do you mean by racism? It, nobody ever gets around to that. This is the, this is the thing I find most interesting about the public sphere because you know, the Marxists talk about justice and the Christian talk about justice. They're not talking about the same thing. They define those terms totally. Right. Different. That's a great point. So ask that question. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by racism? Would you call me a homophobe? What do you mean by homophobe? You know, tell me where that comes from. What's your story? How did you arrive at that conclusion? Are you open for any different viewpoints? Are you open that somebody might see it differently and they would still be a good person? And you don't even have to get positive answers to those questions. You're just planting seeds along the way that Christians aren't stupid. They want to be informed. They want to be good neighbors. And, and, you know, like we were saying earlier, you're not a good neighbor by just waving hello and taking somebody a pie at Thanksgiving time. You're a good neighbor when you stand for justice. That's the, the biblical tradition. I love that. I love that. Well, so how do we how do we remain hopeful? I mean, how are you feeling hopeful in light of I know that's a weird question, but, you know, it feels like a dark time for a lot of people who are worried about religious liberty and socialism and all that. You know, how do you kind of inspire people still to move forward and have hope at a time when it feels like kind of like we were all punched in the gut, maybe. Uh, you know, we, that's hard. I, I've had a lot of gut punch punches for our nation. We've had a lot of gut punches for our ministry. We've had a lot of personal gut punches this year. And so hope is something that we're, that we cling to not because we have evidence that our, that our belief in it is going to somehow produce some kind of a reward but because it's the posture that we have when we recognize that saying God is in control is not the right way to put it, but to say that God is wholly sovereign, that he is in charge, and that he's given us the responsibility to do certain things, we, we can do it. I can't do it. God, God allows it. That's something that Lucas gets really mad when we say. <laughs> Billy, Whenever I'm going to drive Lucas, to New York tonight. He, he, he turns red whack you up the head with the microphone. So can I just can I insert a point here? Because yeah. this is going to support what, what Dr. Jeff is saying. Yeah. So Augustine used the term oh, God go. allowed, but he said it in a way that was he allowed this world. It's, it's not God up there going, I'm going to allow this thing, but not this thing. And so the proper view within the context of church history and the context of scripture is that God has allowed this life and existence as we know it, which gives the room for people to commit voter fraud or me to drive to New York and hit Billy with his microphone or whatever that is. It doesn't mean that God chose at that moment whether or not Lucas could allow, you know, that he should allow me to do that. It's gave the the capacity for these things to happen. Well, it, it, you know, there if you drive through a field of rocks, you think I could take those rocks and I could build a house with them that would be sturdy and protect my family, or I could take the rocks and throw them at somebody. 
you know, we, we do live in a dynamic world. I'm right. kind of leaning towards the second one right now. I'm the just going to say that. The second so. one's easier, by the way. <laughs> so, and, and, and I think that that's, I think that, and I think that, and I accidentally made a point there, but we, we tend <laughs> to choose, we, very often. we choose, <laughs> we choose the easier, right? It's like, I could build a house with these rocks or I can lob them at, or I could lob yeah. them at the idiot next to me. Right. And we, we tend to choose to lob them at the idiot next to us, mostly because we, A, believe we're God, so we think they deserve it, and B, it's easier. It's easier just to lob a rock than to build a house. And that's why, and so when I hear you talk about, you know, we need to take a stand, uh, take a stand within the church and as believers to stand for justice, to be advocates for people, to be advocates for the truth, to help to, to come alongside them, because the whole reason for coming alongside them isn't to get closer so you can smack them, Though sometimes they might need it, it's to be able to to walk with them to where they're supposed to be. I say that right. to say we spend a lot of our time. I am so sick and tired of, and I, listen, I go to a very conservative, politically conservative church, and I live in a very politically conservative community, and and I have been to and and come from a politically conservative background and still live that in my life. But I am really, really tired of the douchebaggery in the church. Oh boy, I, I, I am, I am, I have had it to hear. Welcome to the show. I, that's that <laughs> is. We, we promised you a professional so show, and here you are. I, I no, wait a second. I did not. I, didn't I like know, it. I mean, I didn't. Just, but listen, yeah, I didn't know we had promised good behavior. No one told me that. Nobody ever promises that on this on this show. That would be a but lie. Do you, but you know what I'm saying? But that's. Do you understand my point? Because there's these. Heard it the last two. This election has been stolen. Blah, blah, blah. And there's these people are going to come out and they're going to steal our religious liberties. Okay, those might all be true. I mean, those those things those could be facts, right? Right now they're your opinion. We don't know for certain that those things are for, are true. And to treat people who voted for Joe Biden, I think it was a mistake, like garbage, doesn't does not fall in line at all with being the advocate like what you like what you talked about. None of that. I I was filling in doing pulpit supply for our church. And one Sunday I, I spoke, I, 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 the biggest thing that just pissed me off was when these people were carrying signs that said, open our churches. We have a right to worship. Right. And at the same, same time, flying the finger to the governor and this with this at the same time, that doesn't work. And so that's, we got to get point. We got to get past that point of just absolute anger in the church about because our rights have been violated, my rights have been violated, and it's not about me. It's not about you. And I'm, I'm, that's, I'm sorry. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's where that advocate idea comes in, and I think you're really grabbing onto that. That's, that's really important. So what have I not done that well in the last four years? I haven't gotten to know my governor, who is very liberal. I need to get up there and talk to him, get to know him, demonstrate support, uh, there are things that I need to do. I mean, we run a nonprofit Christian ministry, and we we have we know about ten different areas where we will probably have our religious liberties under attack. None of them are going to be less under attack if we stand and hold signs and scream. Right. We've got to figure out how to have these conversations. You know, we've got a great court system. You can have you have legal cases before the court. You have lawsuits. You have things like that. None of that is nasty. It's just part of life in a republic, which is not simple. And you, you can't just pop in there the first Tuesday every other year in November and expect that it will, it will make a difference. At the same time, 
you know, Chuck Colson used to famously say, salvation is not going to come on Air Force One. And I think it's probably good for us to maybe take a step back after this election is over. There, so at some point there will be a, a winner after the election is over, step back and ask, all right, good. So what do we what do we do now? What are our challenges? Where are the areas there where there's injustice? I think it's it's really quite awful how small businesses are finding that they're unable to be competitive today because of high levels of regulation, high levels of taxation, things like that. Uh, all, all of those things are justice issues to me, just as much as racial issues. That's good. Well, do you guys have any other questions for him? Where are you, by the way? Yeah, Pastor if we want to find out more about you and tell us, well, where I meant you're like at, literally. Where are you? I mean, you're in your house, clearly, but like, where? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually in my, um, um, I've got my computer set up on my my dining room table. So, but where do you live? Are you where? I live in Colorado. Okay. Yeah. So I live in Colorado Springs. I love the Springs. Love the Springs. Summit.org is the where is where to get more information. Our programs are in person and virtual. They go anywhere from a week-long to a semester-long programs, intensive interaction between Christian thought leaders on biblical worldview and our students. And we're all about two things. We're going to equip and we're going to support the rising generation to embrace God's truth and to champion a biblical worldview. Most of our students go off to the university, and many of them go on to graduate school, become professors, go into law, got a lot of judges now, a lot of people who are in public office who come through our program, you know, in the military, medicine, all different areas of life, because we, we really believe that their faith isn't something they do just Sundays. It's 24 seven, yeah. 365 days a year. And once people see that and they recognize, oh, if the biblical worldview is true, then it speaks to everything, not just what happens in my church. Then it's a, it's, it's a paradigm shift. Yeah. That's really cool. I love That's that. Really cool. Are you connected at all with, uh, have you done anything with Womack out at uh, Karis? I haven't done anything with them, but okay. yeah, I know, I know them quite well. I know quite a few of the people who are involved, but we haven't done anything in connection. They're just up the road from us. We're, we're at Manitou Springs. Okay, I've I've spoken in Woodland Park there a couple times. So have you? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah, cool. Manatee and, and I mean, is, well, you went right by Manitou Springs, then. if you yeah. went by at night, you saw an antique hotel there with a big lit cross on top yes yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's our headquarters that's summit ministry so we're tucked in this little hippie town right at the foot of pike's peak yeah that's cool conservative. That's a beautiful area love it yep yep that's, that's awesome. awesome well we got to have you back again i'm sure there's gonna be no shortage of stuff to talk about in the next uh, couple of months here so yeah well we thanks. we're gonna start talking next week about the cancel culture Oh, mm, good. that's something that's you want to dig into. We're trying to I get Billy. I'm trying to get Billy canceled yeah. on Parlor right yeah, now. We spent so, the yeah, first. Uh, I mean, I, it's not a bad. It's not a bad strategy. Please. And if, the here's, thing I here's the manage. great news. Here's the great news. You're going to be able to be an example for yourself because I kind of I kind of self canceled on Parlor. I signed up and I haven't posted anything. <laughs> well, we we what we have found is that people are really good about getting themselves uh, at getting themselves canceled by appearing on this show because we yes, can usually get yes. you to say oh, something horrible so, so it, huh? yeah sorry yeah it's all a vacation yeah, from here right. poor, poor tim tebow came on once and never came back again right. and that was my fault but yeah. that was so um, uh, what did you do well i no i see i asked a question that they didn't want to ask and i didn't know they didn't want it to ask. For the record i was not part of the you show weren't at that you time. weren't Lucas you know when here. like you hear the train wreck you see the train wreck happening it was and you're now, like if Billy, i had just acted you one be, second before you be fair right. it was a great you just question. can't turn away you're just you're just like 
I was there for I was like, well, he's never coming back but again. But you knew it was a great question, and he answered the question, but his people did not appreciate the question being asked, and that was on me. I didn't know it was off limits. Chris is the person who always asks the question that's just – like, you know that place where like, there's the line? It's like it just twerks over the line just a little bit. Like one leg is over the line. And that's always – and it wasn't even a bad question. It, it was just about no. like ESPN and whether it was hard. I forgot the exact question. But it was like one of those questions you know that someone like Tim Tebow just doesn't want to engage in anything that isn't, you know, positive and right. fluffy. And, 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 but but it know. was a fair question. It wasn't asked out of malice. No, I mean, it was, yeah. But so in other, in other news – and so what we're going to try to do is what we're going to try to do is get, if we can't get you to say something that will get you canceled either on this appearance or on a subsequent appearance, we will talk about what you said and frame it in such a way that you will be canceled. Yeah, just so that's you know. how this works. While we're at it, give us your website one more time uh, so if people want to find out more about what you're doing. Yeah, come to summit.org. We're mainly going to be looking for 16 to 25-year-olds who say, yeah, yeah, I really feel like I need to be one of those who makes a difference. Awesome. awesome. Love it. That's great. Yeah. Thanks, Pastor. Love thanks that. for coming, or Dr. Jeff. Great to see Yeah, thanks All for joining right. us. All right. Well, I love that. That was great. It was good. Kit, I was going to um, – there was something he said I wanted to uh, to circle back to. Oh, Billy, I think that you need to write Captain Cassidy and see yes. if she'll go to coffee. Have a no, virtual coffee no, with No, no, no. Have her on the show. Have coffee on the show. <laughs> I mean, I am. I have Cassidy no on. problem bringing on people who don't like me. So I actually well read her you, bio. You, it, it is you, a woman. You co-host a show with two people who don't like you. <laughs> Everyone knows this. <laughs> so she is. Let me just read her. I have her uh, bio here. Um, it is listed as she was raised. Cassie was raised. Oh, so Cassidy. Well, did you read her I thing think... about personal experience with? So Ouija Captain boards? is not. There, I this might be somebody else. Cassidy. Okay, so this is under Cassidy McGillicuddy, which can't be real name either. So like <laughs> McGillicuddy. Yeah, no, this is the same person. Name. So raised Catholic, converted Pentecostalism in her mid-teens, married a preacher, then deconverted after college. <clears throat> blogs about religion, deconversion video, tabletop uh, gaming, psychology, modern culture, and other fair? such topics as role to disbelieve. If you like uh, what you see, Cass welcomes your support at both PayPal and uh, Patreon. Uh, thanks. Oh, wait a uh, minute. You... Hold on. Wait a minute. That sounds like somebody's taking money for what they believe in. It sounds like yes. somebody. Isn't that what I was accused? Anyway, I have but no problem with that. You're accused of doing it as a. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, I would love to. I would actually be super interested in her story. I would bring her on the show. Yeah. I would love to hear her I, say "numb nuts" in oh, real life. Well, what I, will I will. find, what I find, is that when you are face to face, and you guys know this, when you're actually face to face with somebody, you are not, unless you're really a, a terrible Donald Trump person, you are going to not act that way to somebody's face. Um, I'm kidding. No, I, Let's I, I bring her say, on and just let she just like she just let lets her Billy just, out oh, and mute. I'd Billy's like to have mic. her read her piece. So we right, can if hear you guys reach out to her, voice. I will appear on with her. If I would you love to out, have her on. Chris, you're up. I, I, I'll see if I can get a hold of her. Um, I, <clears throat> and, you know, listen, I mean, there are people who I did things with, you know, on air. I talked with on air who I didn't agree. With. I went on the Friendly Atheist podcast once. Yeah, Hamant, yeah. Hamant Mehta. Were, and it was were they a great friendly? Experience. He was great. It was a great conversation. 
All right. And he had been he had been a critic on Pathios as well, repeatedly, but not like that. I Shocking. mean, this person this person invested an evening. Oh, <laughs> this is what we call the Christian left. Yes. Well, I, but is she? I mean, but she's. I think she's, she's an atheist. She, well, yeah, she, it's right. a deconverted. It's a deconverted Christian. Right. Oh, geez. Oh, you're gonna go there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, no. That's go. the term that she uses. That's the <laughs> no. Term I know, but I'm saying the Christian left. You know. Yeah. Fundagelical. Um, you know who blocked me? Michael Ware blocked me. Are you guys familiar with Michael Ware? I told Chris about this. Um. Why do I know I mean, that name? He's the guy who everybody points to. He's a, he's a Christian who big. He was a big Biden supporter. He worked for Obama. Came to the blaze. I've interviewed him. I've talked Is with him. Is he the him. one who I was asked, in the Bi the Bi the Obama administration? Yeah. Okay. That's, he worked for the faith that's office. Why, yeah. That's why I knew that. Um, okay. He's blocked me. I mean, I added to the list. Share. There's a list of people who have blocked me. Rosie O'Donnell and now Michael Ware. Alec Baldwin uh, and, blocked me years ago. Who blocked years, you years ago? Alec Baldwin years ago. Because oh, I called I mean, him out yeah. on an obvious and an obvious something. And let's, and let's be honest, it. Dr. Jeff is going to block all of us after this. Oh, Dr. I hope. Jeff, poor Dr. <laughs> Jeff was like, what in the world is happening? Um, <laughs> I thought it was, but, no, but, I thought it was a good interview. It was a good interview. It was a good interview. I mean, sure. I, I feel like they're all the types of things, situations that people are in and they're like, I, the only person who loved it really, who's loved being on the show is Abby, Abby Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, she, for sure. She has. She's I like, I can't back. get enough of the Church Boys. I would think she would. She I, would. I do her show. Uh, I do her show Monday. Oh wow! I can't wait to see it and hear it. Um. Oh my gosh, that is going to be a match made in heaven. I cannot wait. Um, so uh, we're going to compare eyebrows. I can. Can you get Candace Cameron on here, Billy? Or Lucas, we we probably could get her on here. Um, we should Lucas, do it. Lu by the way, oh yeah, we have to talk about this. We have to. Yeah, so oh, Lu, yeah, before, yeah, yeah. Before we go, as we close out, it? because we are coming to an end here soon. Very abrupt. Um, is there, wait, is there a trailer it, for that thing that's coming up? There's there not a trailer. trailer no. Oh, okay. it's, so the thing that's coming up is that Lucas Miles, thanks to a friend of his, who really helped connect him. With Candace Cameron and her people, um, actually did an amazing thing. He sat down with her really for what was like an over an hour interview about sweeping yeah. interview. Yeah, we uh, it was. I mean, we were at Biola for like half a day, uh, and then the interview was about an hour and a half in total. We wow. cut out, you know, a little bit just to kind of, you know, um, get it to length and everything. But it's it's over an hour, I think. Do wow. you ever um, say to yourself, "My friend Billy is a really good friend who really helped me with that"? You know, no I used to do that. No, I used to do that no, periodically. No, that's In all fairness, Lucas did all the work. I merely said. made an introduction. But, but after Pure being Flix, on the show, though, I I started changing my tune. Hmm. Pure Flix. So if you go to Facebook.com/slash Pure Flix Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time, you'll be able to watch Lucas sitting down with Candace Cameron, and she will look terrified, I'm sure, um, because she's she Lucas, will. But, but I will also say my hair's on point. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, so it, you got to check this no, out. It's a great. It's going to be a great interview. So I'm I'm super excited about that. So you can watch that on Pure Flix and. You know, I mean, just try to look past the fact that Lucas is doing the interview. He's actually a real, you're actually a very good interviewer. I'm, I'm much better that. off of this show than I am on it. I, I agree. Think that's I agree. I, I think, I think that's I not an right interview question. One, right, that's, that's more of a reality question. Um, you know, it's been a fun hour and a half of my life that I'll never get back tonight. This I'm sure the listeners show. Still the same. It, has been. it actually has been. And we had, you know what? We sometimes do shows without show notes, which makes Lucas crazy because Lucas is like that person who is like making his assistant get a latte and then fill out, fill out the show, like <laughs> layout. That's um, not a lie. 
so I I actually did a show layout tonight, and we we didn't hit all of it. But we hit a lot of it. Yeah. You think the election was stolen, which we dealt with. Um, and then Dr. Jeff came, and then we talked about you know Karen Cuomo, which so is we hit the a show lot title. We did all right, and we read the uh, we read what was not on the notes, which should have been, well, which see, was I, that that Captain one was, Cassidy's that, piece. Which that was, one was a surprise by design. So I mean, yeah. guys, I've been called some awful things, but I enjoy, I thoroughly enjoyed that article. I did too. I'm going to send her my new book just so she'll call me numb nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it. I want to say this about this: the only part of it, it didn't bother me. I find it fascinating that people will create because of the internet and because you can Google somebody and you can pull together. And I've been saying crap since I was like 18 years old or even younger. So there's stuff I said when I was 15 years old that's out there and God knows what it was, but people will create a narrative of what they think you are and what they think you believe. I thought that line about, you know, basically that I'm, I'm scamming people out of money for something that I don't believe is true. I would never think about saying that about somebody. It doesn't bother me. It's more of an area of intrigue to me that people would actually create a persona for somebody that they don't know. It's weird. Uh, it's Is really, it not a little it, weird? I, I agree. To, I, I totally agree. believe that there are people who would say things just to make a buck. Including, oh, 100%. We watched, yeah. There was an hour and a half press conference that was about that today. <laughs> now, I would, I would, you know, Billy might say something to get parlor followers. But not necessarily to make a buck. <laughs> I don't really. Here's the thing. I mean, of course, everybody wants to make money. I don't. Writing books is not this. Look, I think people have this like assumption that it's a very lucrative thing. If you're like James Patterson, it is. But for most people, it's not this thing that you're living. I couldn't live off of the book money that I make. I have a great story to tell you guys after we close about this very topic. But we'll, can't I can't share it on air. There you go. All right. Well, with that being said, cue Satan. <laughs> Just a second. Here it goes. What a terrible way for me to end this. I have to burp again, but I'm really withholding it. Please that do one it. Show where I burp at the start. Knock yourself out. I didn't realize Listen, that it was it Dr. Jeff is already. Oh, I keep calling him Pastor Jeff. Billy, Doc, don't worry. Just let it go. Dr. Jeff. Dr. Jeff is already embarrassed by being. You on know, like show. his wife is listening to this. Like, what have you done? <laughs> what have you done to you? Church boys. Ugh. Idiot. So let's use brain cells before we post things on the internet. Thanks. So what are you talking about? How? What are you talking about? Follow the facts. Well, then you're confused. You're confused. Gross.